reading The Plague of Albert Camus in Times of Corona. As if the novel The Plague has only just appeared, rather than 73 years ago, it is read and reread all over the world in these times of Corona. But the reason for that now is more than evident. But maybe before I begin, a caveat. The book does not contain a secret message about a coronavirus that is now traveling around the world. There is even nothing prophetic about the book. Camus describes what happened to mankind countless times before, namely the outbreak of collective illness, our struggle and coping with it. He describes a pattern that we see returning in the corona epidemic. People are initially unimpressed by the plague, then fear follows, then the first figures come, followed by panic and uncertainty that turns into depression. Plagues are everyone's business, says the narrator in the plague, but it is hard to believe in plagues the moment they attack you. They have been as many plague epidemics in the world like wars, yet people are equally unprepared for both. That's a quote from the book. And later in the book, when every, everyone begins to realize the situation the city is in, then Camus writes, Our fellow townspeople so far had always masked their anxiety with jokes, seemed more depressed and silent on the street. And indeed, the recognition is there for today's reader. Anxiety, rising debt rates, political scrabbling from insecure administrators, proclaiming measures that almost everyone accepts, but which would be measures of a totalitarian regime without the plague or corona. Jaded doctors, people who strive and bury it in solitude, and people who get mad. This is also what you will see in the book. Albert Camus, he was born in 1913, and he died by a car accident in 1960. He was a French-Algerian-born writer of novels and plays. He was a journalist and a philosopher. Some important works are L'étranger, The Stranger, from 1942, La Chute, The Fall, from 1956, and these are both novels, and two philosophical essays, Le Mythe de Sisyphe, The Myth of Sisyphus, from 1942, and L'Homme Révolté, The Rebel, from 1951. And not to mention countless journalistic and political commentaries on the Algerian struggle for independence in the 50s. And uh, it is not the first time that Camus has been reread in response to current events. Events. After the attacks on the Twin Towers, for example, in 2001, his essays on the role of violence in our society and, and of terrorism in particular were put in a new light and also reread and discussed. The plague appeared in 1947 and was a bestseller almost immediately. Camus is often called an existentialist. And yes, he, he mostly he renounced this term, renounced it, but don't bother too much about it. 
Well, I think his thinking shows all the treats of the existentialism of, of uh, Jean-Paul Sartre or Simon de Beauvoir, with whom he also initially felt related. Now, what is existentialism? At well, the least thing you can say is it, it distances itself from philosophies that, that smooth out the ambiguities and difficulties of life with a comforting, comforting story. And, and there we go. Camus has deliberately chosen not to make the plague a narrative in the classic sense. It is not a story that much, but a report of events. Of course, it is fictional. And, and these, uh, these events are written by eyewitnesses. And eyewitnesses write what they see and experience, the, the so-called cause of the events or their consequences are different for every, every person, every eyewitness. So, and there, the book is therefore uh, a fabric of different lines. The narrator even regrets, he says somewhere, that there is nothing spectacular to say, not a startling act. Just, I, I quote, nothing is less sensational than a plague due to their long duration alone alone, disasters are monotonous. The terrible days of the plague that she experienced have not been remembered as boisterous, cruel flames, but like an endless treadmill which gradually crushed everything. Yeah, there's an endless treadmill that crushed everything. The plague, corona crisis, is preeminently absurd. Hardly anyone saw it coming. In the plague of Camus, it shows, it, it slowly dawns on people that there is a plague epidemic. The world plague has fallen, notes the narrator. That word changes all of our reality. The diagnosis that the plague has returned evocably means not only that daily life is radically changing, but also that each takes an attitude to the threat. But first, something about what I just said, that the plague, a corona crisis, is absolutely absurd. And there is a common misconception on Camus. Camus' work is not, well, it is existentialism, yeah, true, but it is not absurdism. That would be a style, like, for instance, absurdist theatre. But the absurd, which is a very important work, a word in Camus' thinking, indicates the events in life apart from artificial meanings. There is no order outside of lived reality in which the secret of the meaning of life is locked up, or something like that. We make our lives a story, a plot, but this is always disturbed in the course of our life. There, Camus is not that much storytelling, as we say today, but he shows that events have no causes or logical, predictable consequences. This comes clear, it becomes clear, for example, in another uh, novel of Camus, L'étranger, The Stranger, in which the young Meursault commits a murder without any intention. He, he, he just do it. In the plague, we even find a hint to the young sales clerk 
I quote now, who killed an Arab on the beach. And that's exactly what's happening in, in The Stranger. Then the court, um, so he has to go to the court, of course, uh, naturally wants to demonstrate uh, the premeditated decision and the motive. In his story, Camus shows how the senseless event is always overloaded with meaning, which has always been attributed to it afterward. Something like the plague or the global coronavirus crisis crosses any expectation or prediction. We thought we had everything in order, but an absurd event crosses everything. In the plague, we, therefore, find no attempts to pull things together. The plague is not a scientific treatise, nor is it a guide as to how we should act in times of plague called corona. It is not even a philosophy, it is literature. It is a fictional eyewitness account of the plague in the Algerian city of Oran, which caused death and destruction in 1940. In Camus' time, it was a small town of the French colony. Today, it is Algeria's second largest city. And the moment I speak, which is now April 2, uh, April 2, 2020, the coronavirus, which had initially left North Africa alone, is spreading through the Algerian city. Incidentally, the real plague, the disease caused by the bacillus Yersinia pestis, that's the name of the, of the bacillus, and, and not by a virus, uh, like in corona, emerged in Oran also in 2003. But no one today reads the book to know what exactly happened in Oran. We are interested in reading the book not because of objective facts, but subjective experiences, which are described in literature. Camus does not describe the objective causes of the plague, which are reversed uh, to scientists, but its subjective cause. Simply put, this means that, as a literary man, Camus uh, followed several people who each experiences the plague in their way, from a different perspective. Now let's take a look at the main characters of the book. First we have Dr. Hirieux. He's a socially motivated man, uh, someone who shows solidarity with those who suffer. More and more he does this dutifully, which also breaks him down, because when he is accused of thinking, thinking in abstractions, somebody blames him for that, he feels addressed. The sufferers of the plague are no longer always individuals for a doctor, but it is always the patient, uh, the patient in, in general, that must be helped. But that is exactly what his profession and responsibility consists of, not every individual appeal made to him. Patients must be abstractions for a doctor. And of course, that's, that's strange. Above all, Rieux is, is human, anything but a hero. He is skilled, but is, he's also very insecure. He does what he can. In, in Rieux, this doctor, we recognize a position that is that of Camus himself. He is averse to pretentious philosophies and everything he does is driven driven by the 
unbearable nature of human suffering. However, this unbearability and the appeal that it assumes is not the result of some, some ethics. I quote, There were many newborn moralists in our town, then Rieu says, at the time, saying that everything was meaningless and that we should get on our knees, that's the end of the quote. But Rieu, on the other hand, argues that all we can do is to fight, fight the plague. The rest is stilted, even dangerous, moreover, because it leads to abstractions that lead to truth claims. You, you, you hear that also now. So You see, I always said it, I warned you before, and, and now it, it has become so far, things like that. Finally, that leads to power. And this is one of the main topics in, in uh, Camus' thinking. You see it also in his book The Rebel. People are victims again and again of their truth repeatedly. Then another person in the book is Jean Tarot. Jean Tarot uh, has only been living in Oran for a few weeks, but is immediately in solidarity with the residents. Like Rieu, he makes notes and, uh, as Camus writes, particularly of unimportant details. He organizes rescue, rescue teams against the advice of the city government. He is the one who wants to mean something to others. With all the associated risks, of course, of, to think of contamination. Camus leaves no doubt about it. The plague is not a heroic epic. It is not a situation to play the hero. Then we have Grand and Cotard. And these are opposite characters. Grant, so to say, he goes for life. He's also a writer. And despite the plague raging, he can be <coughs> very wor worried about a sentence that, that, that he is uh, composing uh, that is not uh, going very well. He seems to mainly want to flee the plague with it. He wants to think of something else. He prefers to speak about the time after the plague. Now, then this, this person, Kotar. And this Kotar embodies, so to say, death and destructiveness. However, Kotar, uh, as a, he's a, a, a rentier, is one of the most interesting characters in the book. At the beginning of the story, he makes a suicide attempt, and, and that fails. For Camus, suicide uh, is a very important uh, topic, uh, and ex especially in the midst of Sisyphus. And maybe uh, I quote just the first uh, very famous line of the myth of Sisyphus. There is only one really serious philosophical problem, suicide. That's the begin of the myth of Sisyphus. And that's not because Camus thinks that there is no meaning in life or something like that, but the meaning of life simply cannot be reasoned. It is not the subject of a philosophical or a scientific treatise. We live without knowing why. Now, that's it. That, therefore, it is existentialism. It is all too easy to say that there is no point in life because that would mean uh, committing suicide without mercy. That would be no problem. But of course it is. And, and no one does that. No one does uh, 
suicide for, for, for that reason. We don't commit suicide because we don't know the meaning of life. It is not clear in the book why Cotard wants to kill himself. We are only in the beginning of the book. Um, and that is uh, of minor importance importance in the story as such but what matters is how he will he will experience the plague and then something very interesting uh, unfolds the more the plague goes around the city the more he benefits from it he who was unhappy in everyday life flourishes when the plague roams Readers of the book often comparing uh, with the idea of the collaborator in the Second World War, but I think his character is much more interesting than that. Yes, he benefits from the plague, he makes money from it. Uh, for instance, he organizes uh, clandestine uh, escape routes from the city that is in a strict lockdown. And yet Camus does not portray him as an evil person. He is the character who, unlike the inhabitants of the city, loves the people in their situation, in their suffering, but, but not because of, of sadism or something like that. He seems to be the only one who knows the situation and uh, to, to take what it is. He, sa he says, for instance, do you hear what they say? I do this after the plague. I do that after the plague. They poison their existence instead of keeping calm. Uh, this, this is one of the things he says. He shows that the people in the city do nothing but escape from the situation they are in. They try to, to, to flee it. So the suicide attempt at the beginning of the book is crucial in this. Unlike most, he is not afraid of death. That's the point. On the contrary, in a situation where death floats around, he even feels better. The others look away from that, but Cotard has already faced death. For him, there is no longer any uncertainty that is maintained to a survival instinct. I think that that's, that's why uh, Camus describes him as a, a rentier, a, a renter. A renter has something to fall back on. Yeah? And, and, and he falls back on death, something the others can't. Camus describes Cotard as a realist. He lives without hope. And yes, that's so realistic that it becomes morally unbearable. The only character who understands Cotard's unbearable wisdom, so to say, is his friend Tarou, who tries his best to understand him. He's a little bit uh, obsessed by Cotard. The book's narrator gets his information from Tarou's uh, notes. As I said, he makes notes uh, and, and uh, the narrator of the book uh, uses the notes to tell his story. So there are several layers in the book. Tarou is fascinated by the character Cotard, but Cotard's role, of course, is very ambiguous. And ambiguous. When everyday life threatens to return, he turns into a terrorist. On the last pages of the plague, when people party on the street because the plague seems to be over, he starts shooting random passers-by from his window. Then we have <coughs> Raymond Rambert, uh, and that's a young journalist. Now, 
the interesting thing is that you, you, you would say that a journalist takes advantage of something like the plague. Um, he's something to tell, and he's in the city. On the contrary, Rambert is a visitor, of course, to the city who, like everyone else, is no longer allowed to leave the city. There's a lockdown. But he wants to leave, exactly the opposite of Cotard. He has good reason to leave the city, and that's um, a, a new topic, namely love. He is in love with a woman, and this woman st is still in France. The plague uh, uh, and, and the, the, the quarantine are responsible for the fact that in case one of a couple stays outside of the city walls, loved ones can no longer see each other. Camus writes a quote, Actually, we suffered double. We had our suffering and the suffering we imagined with the absent, our son, wife or mistress. This is the end of the quote. Now, what could be more painful than that? Camus himself said that the theme of the separation, la separation, was the major th topic of the book. Uh, and maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah maybe you, you have to explain it this from by uh, from his from his uh, biography. Why? It was a situation that Camus himself knew very well, as we know since the letters to his beloved Maria Casares, uh, which were published in 2017. It's very recently. He was hopelessly in love with a young actress, and and she, she with him also. But Camus was married, and they often couldn't see each other. It is inevitable that Camus thought of this situation. It was also exactly the time uh, when the plague was written, uh, when he described the fate of the journalist Rambert in the plague. Uh, so, you see, the plague also affects love. The plague is driving people apart. So this is a far-reaching form of social distancing. But also think of loved ones, friends and family members who reside elsewhere in the world or even in, in, in your same country. It's difficult to travel now. In Oran's, uh, in the plague, uh, in Oran's case, no one is allowed to leave town. This is uh, a situation of, of as uh, Camus describes it, as captivity. Yeah, so of course, this is uh, the, the quarantine. What Camus describes corresponds to the situation we, in these corona times, are in. Today, we are imprisoned, exiled. Uh, and, and exile is a topic that often returns also in, in the books of Camus. Camus speaks of an exile in our own home. However, there is also an important difference. We only know that Oran has a full lockdown, but that means people uh, want to escape the city, while in our case there is no place to flee. Corona is a completely globalized plague. Our plague, Corona, prevents us from being free. We had a reason not to believe at first that it would come to an end. For example, Camus writes, a quote, why would they also think of the plague that puts an end to the future, to traveling and to discussions? 
They thought they were free, but no one will ever be free as long as plagues exist. That's the end of the quote. When people become pessimistic after weeks, the ability to love disappears. Another quote. The plague had robbed everyone of the ability to love and even to friendship because love needs a bit of a future and for us only the moment existed. The end of the quote. And at the same time, it is love that makes us human. And this is also why uh, such a situation of the plague or corona is, is, is very in, inhuman, inhuman. It is easy to imagine yourself in Rambert's situation, uh, this, this journalist with his, uh, which is his lover who is in France. He first calls on Dr. Rieu to leave the city through a health certificate and, if that doesn't work, to Cotard, who has meanwhile organized a, a, clandestine, a clandestine network to let people free. For the sake of love, that's an interesting thing here, Rambert appeals uh, to uh, illegality uh, and immortality. But we've already seen how ambiguous uh, Cotard's character is. In the end, Rambert feels solidarity with the sufferers of the plague and his will to flee disappears. And then another person, there are more, and, and I will not discuss them all, but a very important person in the book is also uh, Père Panelou. Uh, he's a priest. He is a, a Jesuit, a very learned person. A little bit also of a philosopher, a theologian. He is preaching and, and seeing the plague as the punishment from God. Earlier, uh, in healthier times, he preached against the individualism of our time. Well, we recognize in him a moralism uh, accompanied by an accusation that is certainly not reserved to priests in our day. The priest calls for contemplation, which means that you have to realize at the end that you are a sinner. So listen to this priest. Brothers, disaster has come on you. And brothers, that is your earned wages. Above all, Camus shows that the plague is not a moral problem. Later in the book, Camus gives a nuance, a very nuanced description of the priest. So it's not a flat character. The abstraction uh, that is the plague, uh, so, uh, so uh, impersonal, so to say, becomes a truth to the priest. Panelou later becomes embarrassed when a child dies from the plague, which is a heartbreaking passage in the book. How can this child be, be, be at fault and, and whatever? How, how, how can a child be a sinner? So it's, it is much, much too general to think, to, to, to say things that, that uh, it is our fault and we are punished by it and, and that, that would be the reason that there is the plague or corona. Terms like salvation or sin appear to be far too abstract to understand the plague. Panelou, so the priest, flees into a speech about something we cannot understand. Uh, you, you, you recognize that. Camus only said that the plague, uh, or he, he uh, sorry, Camus once said that the plague was his most atheistic book. But he's always struggling with this kind of theological material in his books. Camus 
and uh, I said there were there is bi uh, uh, biographical uh, information in the book, uh, sure, of course, but it is not there's not a plague as such. He he never experienced a plague epidemic, but he has always felt doomed because of tuberculosis, which he suffered greatly. Uh, as a tuber tuberculosis patient, he knew very well what it was like to be held captive by an illness. And some of it can also be found in the figure of Cotard. Tuberculosis showed many outward manifestations of the plague, such as spitting blood and uh, possibly a rapid disease progression leading to death. In the plague, these symptoms are first and uh, first of all attributed to the rats in the beginning of the book, who are rapidly overflowing uh, the city. Rats and the plague have always been as associated with each other. It's, uh, incidentally, I, I was told that this, the, the statement, that the idea that the plague uh, would spread through fleas uh, spread by rats was, is, is for now outdated, uh, according to scientists in, um, uh, in a research of 2010. But yeah, well, what, that, is that important? Uh, the plague is fiction, and in a fiction, uh, everything is possible, uh, especially what seems impossible, and that exactly seems to be the tenor of the book. It does not initially get uh, to anyone what is going on in Oran. When the city of dead rats is forgiven, the first symptoms of the disease appear, and also the first death. The indifference returns yeah, into panic. Camus describes the stages that the people of Oran are going through, from indifference, making jokes like, like we do or did, to political discussions about a for or an against for a complete lockdown. Uh, does that make Camus a prophet? No, of course not. He describes the plague that has happened so often and has often been described in literature. In writing his book, he was able to call upon, among others, Daniel Defoe's A Journal of the Plague Year from 1722, which is a detailed eyewitness account of the plague that spread through London in six, uh, 1665. Uh, Defoe's influence on Camus is very interesting. Uh, even the plague begins with a motto from Defoe's book. Um, and Defoe, uh, you should know, is often regarded in the history of literature as the first modern novelist. Uh, you, you, of course, you know uh, Robinson Crusoe, which is uh, also a book of uh, Daniel Defoe. Uh, and that's a story um, of an individual of, of, of someone alone on an island. Defoe, you, you might say, was still looking what a novel was. Defoe's book, uh, the book on, on the plague, uh, does not read as a novel, uh, rather than a report, including figures and tables, which is precisely why it is so chilling to read. And all of that Defoe's based on survival. But note fictional. It is complete fiction. He wrote his journal almost 60 years after the plague in London. 
but it is top-notch literature. Daniel Defoe's A Journal of the Plague Year, uh, Camus takes over in his journal from uh, in, in, in his book The Plague, although in his book it is much more modern. Moreover, moreover sorry, uh, Camus, Camus likely got the idea to write about the plague after reading Antonin Artaud's Le Théâtre et son Double, The Theatre and Its Double, and you have to know that uh, Camus was a theatre man, in which uh, a paragraph is devoted to the plague and the theatre. And that's a metaphor that the French writer had taken over from Augustine, who writes about theatre like a plague in the city of God. Which brings us back to Camus, who first of all saw himself as a man of theatre. But for Camus, the plague is anything but theatre. In other words, Camus wanted to describe the plague as a direct human experience, not as a metaphor for something. And that is always a, uh, an entire discussion among uh, the interpreters of the book. Um, um, it is, a, is the story a metaphor, a metaphor an allegory? Does it res uh, represent something else? The meaning of a classic text is not deeply embedded in the text, but changes over, over time, yeah, so in, in different eras. Nowhere, nowhere this becomes clear as in the plague and in Corona. But, of course, we read it from our current experiences and uncertainties with Corona. But the readers in 1947 read the plague as, as an analogue with the Nazi regime that roamed Europe like a plague. And of course that's not surprising given the year 1940 in which Camus started the plague. Besides, a year after the novel, Camus returns to the plague in his play, and the play was called The State of Siege, L'État des Sièges, which takes place in the Spanish town of Cadiz. The plague here, that's very interesting, the plague is personalized um, in a totalitarian dictator. In the state of siege, it is clear that the plague is a metaphor for the advancing Nazi regime, which keeps Europe imprisoned. So the opponents of the Vichy regime, and uh, you know, the, the regime that, that made a deal with Hitler, spoke of Nazism uh, in France as the brown plague, and Camus uh, seems to play with this word plague here, in 1940. Camus uh, has often had to repeat over and over again to his contemporaries that the play, um, the state of siege, had nothing to do with the novel, the plague. It is therefore not that obvious to consider the plague as a metaphor for Nazism. In the plague, the disease is completely impersonal but it affects people. There's no intention. It is an abstraction that you cannot ignore. Camus is not a symbolist who wants to convey a, a disguised message by saying something other than he wants to say. And, and no, remember, Camus, that's existentialism. Apparently nothing is more difficult for us to deal with life in its absurd truth. We wonder we want there to be something behind it, that it, it should have a meaning. This also underlies the moralism that emerged in times of collective diseases, also today in Corona times. 
Camus wants the plague to be a report of life and death. Well, <clears throat> it's interesting that if you want to apply the word metaphor to the plague, uh, well, you can think here of what philosopher Paul Ricoeur called a living metaphor. And what is a living metaphor? That is to say, the question here is not what is the objective meaning of the book uh, or the objective meaning of the plague, but what does it mean to me, to us? So we are, we are reading in a situation. So we are reading in the situation of Corona. We are reading a book about the plague and therefore it makes sense to do it. But that's not because this sense is somewhere hidden between the lines in the book itself. Another uh, uh, commentator of uh, the book uh, is Susan Sontag. She wrote an important book called Illness as a Metaphor. Illness as Metaphor. It's from 1977. She opposed uh, uh, the idea that keeps popping up in history, namely that a disease is a metaphor for something else, and that order would be a totalitarian regime, for example, or a punishment from God, of course. To, uh, to some today we are being punished for our prosperity, which must come to an end. Uh, illness is often considered as a, as a settlement, as a punishment. All we need to know then, so goes the story, uh, is what the penalty has been imposed for. Now, uh, hear what Susan Sontag says about the plague. A quote from Susan Sontag. The plague is not retributive. Camus is not protesting anything. Not corruption or tyranny, not even mortality. The plague is no more or less than an exemplary event, the eruption of death that gives life its seriousness. It is not about bringing judgment. End of the quote. That's interesting. The interpretation of Sontag is of great importance to protect us also from people who want to put corona on their cart. Corona asks for reflection, that's true, of course, but reflection is different from projecting your old song on a humanitarian world catastrophe that hardly anyone's are coming. We must guard against moralism. And Camus is therefore a thinker against hope. Yeah, Camus is a thinker against hope. Hope is a story, a sweetie, a lie, a lie against life as it is. It's about living life, uh, as burning it up, he, he writes in the myth of Sisyphus. The plague describes how the people of Oran languish morally and physically, and when the plague is over, how they surrender to a false optimism. Camus is allergic to prophecies and religious or political predictions. Anyone who reads or rereads the plague should do this, uh, should, should, should do, I think, the same with the myth of Sisyphus. Uh, you know, this figure of Sisyphus, uh, each time Sisyphus rolls a heavy boulder, uh, a very heavy stone upwards, which rolls down again and again as soon as it is on the top of the mountain. Greek mythology teaches that this is a punishment from the gods. But that is exactly what Camus wants to deny. 
the teaching of that there would be something behind all our activities and all our suffering. So we should not expect the plague to be a beacon, uh, giving hope, uh, and certainly not to give any solution. And that, at the same time, is hopeful. We can read the plague like a recognition like a catharsis, as a purification of the ideological way in which we look at, at, at life. Our plague, Corona, does the same to us as it did to the people of Oran in the book of Camus. Each of us is different, is in a different situation and responds differently to the disease outbreak that will shut everything down. Nobody saw the, it coming. Plague is an important book to read now, but not because it wants to comfort us or to give false hope. My name is Ruud Welte. Thanks for listening.